This is Nick Cole and Single White Medusa, and welcome to episode three of the Control-Alt-Revolt podcast, where we talk out of spite for those who don't want us to do this. No, no one wants us to do this. Actually, everybody's been really, really encouraging, haven't they? Yeah, I think we, <laughs> we've we been fully expecting, you know, the troll or two that you always get. Yeah. And, and I'm sure they'll come eventually. No, everybody. So far, so good. Thank you, guys. Everybody's. Nice to know you're enjoying. Everybody's been a lot of fun. <laughs> One person speaks at a time. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> What's on your mind today? Uh, what is on my mind today? Today, I was fascinated. Um, I mean, there's a few things on my mind, like, you know. Joe Biden calling all of us white supremacists. That oh was my that was fun. But yeah. we'll we'll talk about that later. But actually I was pretty fascinated and there's some interesting show stuff coming up. We did manage um five people opted in to be a member of our secret society on this podcast. Yay! Thanks guys. Also known as the Black Hand or just the Hand, not the Black Hand. <laughs> yeah, really. Um so the members of the Hand are going to get tuckerized in the paid content that we're going to do here, which is going to be um, the opening chapters or probably the entire book of the next Soda Pop Soldier novel, which will be called The Ultraviolence Show, or they'll be in Weird. Uh, that's a series, if you know me, that I've written. And uh, the next novel that we're going to be putting up on here will be called The Faithless Bishop or this new um, American Civil War series uh, that I'm doing that's going to be set in L.A., so maybe you'll be like a ninja with an eye patch or, you know, uh, a bad, uh, a bad guy in uh, post-war LA or, you know, ongoing war LA, or maybe you've got a cool gamer tag. Um, so the subscribers, if you'll let me know, uh, kind of like what you're shooting for, what you want to be in, if you got a cool gamer tag, we can put you in, uh, uh, PQ's world. He's going to be do, doing some really interesting things going to Tokyo, Vegas, um, I think that will be really fun. But speaking of Tokyo, I actually came upon a really interesting article. Today, Nicole and I are drinking a Keen coffee from uh, Keen, which is a coffee house here in uh, Santa Ana. Uh, not Santa Ana. We're Costa in Costa Mesa. Mesa. Yeah. And we tried to get a cupcake at Suzy Cakes, but they only take cash right now because no, of COVID. They don't take No, cash. they don't take cash. They only take cards. They only take cards. Has everybody noticed that? Like there's a new thing where like businesses don't take cash and they don't take coins and like all that kind of, there's like a lot of weird stuff afoot lately. And, um, and especially with that part with Joe Biden calling us all terror terrorists, but we'll get into that. We'll talk about that. But I found this fascinating article and it was about Hunkaku. Um, which is uh, basically Japanese detective novels. And they're supposedly really clever and really cool. This lady named Caroline Crampton uh, wrote an article, and it was in The Guardian. And, and I just thought, this is a really interesting article. There's some cool stuff. I'll make some comments as I go through it. But sometimes it's fun to find a really cool article and kind of talk about it. But um, basically it starts off like this. After a day of joyous wedding celebrations, a blood-curdling scream echoes in the night. The newlywed bride and groom are found dead in their bed, stabbed with a katana sword. Okay, first off, does that, like, the fact that someone gets stabbed with a katana, are you not all in? Um, now thrust in the snow outside. Hey, that's a perfectly good katana out there in the snow. Their bedroom was locked from the inside and there is no way the murderer could have broken into the 
do the deed, let alone escape without leaving a trace. How was this impossible crime committed? That seems like something you would enjoy, right? It does, except that the title of the article makes me wonder a little bit because it says it keeps readers guessing. These these books keep re readers guessing. So yeah. I'm like, is it that postmodern thing where they kind of leave no, they're not they're not po postmodern actually oh. at all. Okay. Uh, like Good. as you get into this, it's very it's very interesting. Um, this is the chilling opening of the Hanjin Murders, a masterful detective novel by Japanese writer Seishi Yakamitsu. First published in 1946. These are older novels. It was first translated into books around Eng in English around 2019. Um, it is also a perfect example of what is called a hankaku mystery, a fascinating form of crime writing that first emerged in Japan in the 1920s and thanks to a recent raft of translations and republications is now enjoyed by English readers more than ever. Hankaku, which is what the style is called, <clears throat> translates as orthodox and refers to the crafting of fiendishly clever and complex puzzle scenarios, such as murder in a locked bedroom that can only be solved. Basically, it's it's a locked room mystery. And I, and I thought that was really interesting. But there were some deeper things going on here. Uh, Hankaku stories have more in common with a game of chess than some modern thrillers. Like right now in the sort of age of woke, you know, like there's not a piece of like fiction that you can't pick up that's not written mainstream where you're not going to get like some mild lecture about why the lady detective had to struggle against, you know, lady stuff or the toxic you know, masculinity, the toxic the masculinity, you know, detective. like everybody, every male's an idiot, you know, like all that. So like this kind of attracts me. I'm like, I'm thinking about finding these novels because like mm -hmm. one they're pre-woke. They're Japanese. So like, okay, this is interesting. Pure logical reasoning. I like that. That was the part I thought you would like is that there's not a lot of like shenanigans mm -hmm. and there's not of like, surprise, we didn't give you this piece of information. Yeah. And now you've got to figure out actually Hankaku is very rigorous. Like you can't pull those tricks. Yeah. Otherwise the community kind of, anyways, we'll go into that here. Mm. Hankaku stories have more in common with a game of chess than modern thrillers, which can be filled with surprises and twists and sudden reveals. In Hankaku, everything is transparent. No villains suddenly appear in the last chapter. No key clues are withheld until the final page. Huh. Hankaku writers are scrupulous about playing fair. So clues and suspects are woven throughout the plot, giving the reader a fair chance at solving the mystery before the detective does. So I cool. thought you would like that. I do. And so... Hankaku is not the author's name. It's the sort of the genre, genre name. The genre. And there's multiple And now so there's cool. a couple of guys that were like really cool. So first off, one of the guys that was like one of the founding <clears throat> masters, he took a pen name and he was a really big fan of Edgar Allan Poe. So he Japaneseified, if that's a thing, uh, Edgar Allan, he sushified Edgar Allan <laughs> Poe's name. And he came up with Edogawa Arampo. Hmm. So I'm like, I've now found my next character for Soda Pop Soldier. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he was like the master. And he basically wrote uh, about a private detective named Kogoro Akachi, who had a lot in common with Sherlock Holmes. Eccentric, self-contained, a smoker of exotic Egyptian cigarettes, an expert in judo. Akichi had his own version of Holmes' urgent detective force, the Baker, Baker Street Irregulars, uh, 
uh, known as the Shonen Tantaidan or the Boy Detectives Club. I can usually like fake. I like the way you said that. Yeah, like because I played Street Fighter in the nineties. <laughs> Uh, Yoshitami, another early Hankaku writer who was working in the 1920s, writing under the nom de plume Kogo Saburo, he used details from his day job as an engineer to create highly technical plots with a strong scientific uh, slant. So, like, that was really, this was all really interesting stuff. Um, I thought this part was interesting. Kosuke Kodinchi, who appeared in another 76, adap- 76 books as well as numerous film adaptations, manga and anime. Kodachi is in his mid-20s. He's like the main character. Dresses sloppily in a shabby jacket, wooden clogs, and worn socks. His hair is always tangled underneath a wide-brimmed hat, and he speaks with a stutter. Um, except that he has the steely uh, outlook of a Japanese detective of the Golden Age. By the time of his death in 1981, Yokomitsu had sold more than 55 million copies of his books. Wow. So, like, that's those are impressive numbers. Like, those are huge, big numbers. This was the fun part. The Japanese actually got into... Uh, uh, detective fiction because American sailors would come into port in the 1930s and they would trade their books for alcohol. Oh. So I thought that was the fun kind of cool key. So okay. if you're interested maybe in finding something kind of cool and new to read and you want to get away from wokeism or you you, mm-hmm. you think my books are kind of hacky or, you know, whatever. <laughs> you, uh, you've already read them all. You've already read them all. Looking for a um, book. Like I said, we're going to be, wait. we're going to be dropping a, a fun short story on, uh, on, 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 in the Substack tomorrow for the paid subscribers. There's still chance for you to get it. If you jump in tonight, you get a $5 subscription for the month when you really kind of add that up. That's just pennies a day. I'm not doing advertising so I can say whatever the hell I want on here. And, you know, you can't get banned because you call Joe Biden a mummy or Kamala (laughs) Harris a hoe or you, you know, think that Donald Trump should be heard or like just other things that every, you know, like everybody's getting raided and banned right now. So, like, what do you think's going on, Nicole? With what? With the the whole political system? I mean, like. I mean, weird stuff. I mean, it's. It's scary. I mean, I think one of my big takeaways lately is I keep telling you, like, as much as you're ready to kind of defend yourself and us, I'm like, we got to stay out of the fray as much as possible. Noticing is just that it's two separate justice systems for everyone. And we know which of the justice systems we'll get if there's ever any sort of legitimate self-defense incident and it won't be the better of the two of the two uh justice systems well i don't know if you actually heard this just stay out of the fray all right yeah two okay talk i'm just i don't know (laughs) i don't know if you actually heard this but the feds uh along with that piece of shit keith ellison Mm. who is the um the district attorney or whatever, or uh, whatever that is position in, in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. If Chauvin had Chauvin, that's from like Scarlet Pimpernel. <laughs> Chauvin or Chauvin. Yeah. If Chauvin had been declared in, innocent. I saw that. Go ahead and tell me about it. The FBI was going to um, go ahead and get him anyway. They I'm were going to just totally arrest him right there in the courtroom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, like, does that not give everybody like lack of lack of any confidence in a fair trial That's that we now have secret trials? We have two systems of justice. Like these things are reaching a critical point of like, this needs to stop. Isn't that like the definition of a kangaroo court that they already had the outcome that they absolutely were like, this must happen. Yeah. And so they were like, even if we don't get the outcome we want, we're going to make that outcome right. happen. Like that's insane. 
So then kind of turning to last night, Joe Biden jumps on there and, you know, basically lies through his teeth for an hour, his dentures for an hour and, 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 and says like, um, and I thought, I thought this was the most damning line that he said. He said, um, that white supremacy and domestic terrorism are the biggest threat facing the United States right now. Specifically the January 6th. He mentioned that as that, that was kind of the biggest threat since the civil war. And you're like, really? Yeah, it's That's not. Insane. There's so many other things, or at least the biggest. So many other that. things. They're, they're yeah. you're like so the hyperbole of that, but at the same time, the the thing that I know is you don't really mean white supremacy. You don't mean some hillbillies out in Kentucky, you know, with a Confederate flag in the garage. Mm-hmm. What do you really mean? He means Trump supporters. Yeah, he means yeah, people that don't yeah. fall in line in lockstep with what they want. That's it. I don't even think he actually means even Trump supporters. I think he means everyone that is sort of opposed to critical race theory, wokeism, anything that the the corporate sort of establishment can wage war on everybody and make everybody feel awesome. And so, like, what we're arriving at at this point in time is, like, I think most of the people that, like, listen to this podcast and all of us, we're, like, good people. We're common people. Mm-hmm. We're all just trying to work and make money. We pay our taxes. We work hard. And what we're being told now is, like, first off, you guys are all bad. Mm-hmm. You guys have to pay for everything. Yeah. These people get free stuff. And we're not even to this, like, like I don't know where everybody else is, but in California, the reparations talk is full bore. So, like, that's coming. That little Easter egg is coming. Where they're going to float, like, you know, we should, and this is on the heels of, like, right now, I think Joe Biden already in his first 100 days is up to, what, 6 to $8 trillion in spending? Yeah, I feel, I, I'm pretty sure at least that, if I'm right, but <laughs> it sounds right to me. It's an insane amount. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. So, uh, you know, like, it's, 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 it's like being constantly, like, told, like, Hey, let's go out to dinner. You pay. Mm-hmm. And then you sit there at dinner, you know, with your relative and they tell you what a piece of shit you are the entire time. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it's, I think, I think it's becoming like way too much. Oh it's, my it's, gosh. But like, I, I would just have to say like, well, what are we going to do about it? We all sit here and, and that's part of my problem with like conservative, you know, radio, red pilled radio, like, you know. The Ben Shapiro crowd, the mm-hmm. Daily Caller crowd, you, you know, Daily Wire, yeah, whatever, yeah. you know, all of them. Mark mm-hmm. Levin. I mean, I even like Mark Levin. That's someone I listen to. Mm-hmm. But everybody comes out with a new book on how to fix America, mm-hmm. and yet here we are, and they've been doing this for twenty years, and mm-hmm. we're just like, and we're just getting, you know, they're getting richer, they're selling books. I have looked at. I, I've actually. I know the people at, uh, what is Ben Shapiro? Is that the Daily Wire? Daily Wire. Yeah, I've been to their Christmas party. I know mm-hmm. them. They're nice people. Uh, uh, you know, I've even tried to do a little business with them with advertising. Their advertising rates are through the roof. They don't support conservative artists, you know, in like people like me or other people who are writing books who happen to be conservatives. They will, you know, they don't talk about those books on their shows or anything like that. They will sell you their book. And so, it's weird. It feels like you're getting fleeced from all the ends. The taxes are being raised. Um, you're being told that you're bigots. There's two, you know, systems of justice. I think the big outcome of the Chauvin trial and the reason that they would drop that info, like, Hey, we were going to arrest this dude anyways, is to tell you that if you think about defending yourself, Mm -hmm. we're going to get you in the end, no matter what. Yeah. And, you know, even, 
I think we mentioned it already yesterday, but even Rudy Giuliani with that feds thing saying, you know, that's another thing that like, wow, the lawyer of the last president that we just had, you know, yeah. getting attacked like that by the feds for seemingly no legitimate, no good reason. Yeah. They came in and took all his phone devices. And then I guess this is the gold moment. He tried to give them Hunter Biden's laptop and they would not take it. Oh my goodness. Like, the one thing they should be investigating that they refused yeah, to. I know That's people so don't like the, the FBI. I'm learning not to like oh, the FBI. Yeah. I never thought there was a problem with the FBI until the last couple of years, year or two. I was always like, oh, that's great. They're awesome. No, like it's crazy. It's just, it's like you can't trust all these institutions that you always thought you could. No, it's you can't. Gone. And this is not the Q stuff. Like that stuff, like we'll hear it and we're like, well, that's weird. Like, oh, yeah, like man, there's, yeah. there's so much why there. was, you know, like Hillary Clinton was hung and you're like. I just read, like, I literally just saw that today. Yeah. Like that's what Q is saying. Yeah. Not a, uh, hey. If you have information on that, send it our way. Nicole would like to know. We would know love what nothing you know. more than yeah. if that was true, but I can't find any legitimate <laughs> information on it, so pretty sure. Now, if you told me crazy, Michelle Obama but... was hot, then I'd believe that. <laughs> what other crazy Q things have you heard? Oh man! Well, the other thing that I just—I'm at least curious, like what the storyline is here of how they even explain it, and I can't even really find that, but. They apparently think that JFK Jr. is still alive and that he didn't die in that plane crash and that he's like on the good side. But I have yet to even find like, well, what's even your storyline there of like, why do you think they faked his death? And like, what's what's his M.O. of like, I don't know. And I can't even find that. So, again, we're curious. Like, <laughs> if you know, even even the thought process behind that theory, let us know. I can't find that much on it. Like when I've tried to look it up tried to look it up like well i, I think you have to be in the servers even. and you have to do all that stuff and because i'm just you have curious. to decode it and everything like that so <laughs> i'm going to say something really controversial go for it i love that i think that the, the q stuff is real and i think it's not real okay so here let me explain what i mean what i mean is i think q is real as in like it actually exists there's a a cabal out there or whatever mm -hmm. you know saying these things so maybe not one person who's q but no maybe it's a few it, of them it, or whatever. You, it, a few good ones in the deep state my feeling that is that yeah q q is q is run out of an office in the deep state that would be awesome. and what what q is is it is well, they were good people they're not no they're not good people oh it's no. just a psyop it's a psyop it's oh. a it's a disinformation operation yeah, and what it does is it is it takes some things that are really like mm, salty and sweet <laughs> i'm like man if this could be this true, is be great. So great i bet like like <laughs> like they sit around and they go what what would really make him like if, mm. we, if Hillary Clinton was hung? You know, like you're like, yeah, that in bitch Guantanamo is, Bay, in Guantanamo Bay begging <laughs> like, for her oh, life, her oh, her tears her running down her bad <laughs> mascara, fat, swollen face. You know, and, they said all that she was oh, begging, yeah, yeah. but I'm like, well, give me like some sort of vague kind yeah. of proof, and there was like nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it was just they were just saying it. And like, unfortunately, well, there are a lot of Americans oh. right now who are are sort of gullible or desperate or you know i think there was a lot of that around the election in six there were a lot of people just saying a lot of crazy stuff for the likes and but but i do think at the core of it it, it is a deep state disinformation mission mm. and it and it is to it is to um it's to make our side seem crazy it's to make our if, side if seem you crazy it, yeah. you know because and this is why it's true 
because there actually is a lot of crazy shit going on. Mm -hmm. And so like if you're doing really crazy stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, like what I'm hearing, you know, about some of the protesters that have been arrested, Mm -hmm. you know, that they're actually being tortured. They're actually in solitary confinement. Mm -hmm. There's a lawyer that you can follow, uh, Julie Kelly on Twitter and and she's talking about like the absolute abrogation of rights that's going on right now. Yeah. So when you're doing anti-American, really crazy shit like that, mm-hmm. of course you're going to do this stuff. If yeah. you're going to okay, so here's where you know it gets a little cuey. Um, if you're going to steal an election, like everybody, raise your hand who thinks that that mummy last night who could only generate 11 million viewers for the State of the Union address won by 6 million votes was no the was way. more popular than Barack Obama got 81 million votes that stuff i don't think is crazy q i totally believe the election stuff i do believe yeah. it was stolen so what i'm trying to say is if you're going to do really crazy shit like actually steal an election which if you go back and look at the timeline they knew they were going to do uh-huh. then yeah, you're going to come up with this Q stuff. Because if you're going to mm-hmm. do crazy stuff, make up even crazier stuff so that if people accuse you of doing crazy stuff, you can go, oh, that's all Q. That's just those crazy Q people. They believe yeah. X, Y, and Z. And then you're yeah. like, well, X, Y, and Z You don't want to be crazy, that. So, I mean, okay. I know yeah. I know, I, I know, people who use that as a weapon of shame on people. Sure. Oh, you're a Q believer and all these kind of things. Mm-hmm. If you're going to release a super virus... Or create the illusion that there's a super virus out there that's actually worse than it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're going to use that to reset society and redistribute wealth into the hands of the super elite oligarchs and wealthy and crush the middle class and move everybody into basic UI, you know, universal income assistance, mm-hmm. then, then, then you would, which is a really crazy plan in the mm-hmm. span of a year. Yeah. Like anybody who would come up, and I'm not saying that happened. I'm just saying like, if you were going to do that, why wouldn't you come up with a cue to distract, you know, like warfare, you know, you study Sun Tzu, you do anything, you know, you're a woman. A woman is all about illusion and disguise here. Look at this instead of that. You know, look at this makeup instead of this big can, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, all those things. So, like, that's all that's that's going on. Q is the distraction. And Q was also the salty, sweet, tasty treat mm-hmm. to make people who were feeling more helpless by the moment feel that there was going to be this giant moment of comeuppance when, you know, Donald Trump was going to come back into the White House and... And everything was going to be made right and the, and the tables were going to be flipped and we were all going to say, aha, when really what happened is um, Donald Trump and his election campaign were more murdered than Julius Caesar was on March the 15th when he entered the forum. Like yeah. that was a total setup. I think both sides were out to get him. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they did and they won and they got away with it. And you just sometimes, sometimes you got to take the loss. You got to take the L and you have to understand that I don't think it was legitimate. I don't think it was fair, Mm -mm. but I think we were, you know, I think you're being shot at from 360 degrees. Yeah, for sure. And there was, there's no way you're going to win. And I think Trump knew there was no way he was going to win, especially as early as March last year when they, when they were able to legalize mail-in voting. I think he knew like, well, I'm screwed. And he talked about it a lot of times. He was mm-hmm. like, I'm oh, not going to win with this. So, yeah. But I don't think anybody would th- knew that like the cheating would be so sophisticated and elegant. Mm-hmm. But so 
I, I do think the Q stuff is real. I think it's a real, actual disinformation psyop on the part of the establishment mm-hmm. to uh, actually do this to us. And honestly, like, again, you know, if you go today and you listen to Rudy Giuliani's Common Sense podcast and he talks about he, he went through 1984 and broke it down, he really made a lot of salient points about it. But we really are now being we are in a socialist state now, mm-hmm. whether you like it or not. Now, all that's really happening is it's just being rolled out to us and we're coming to understand. My feeling is we have to do something about it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think we should just roll over and accept it. But I think what we should do is come to a conclusion in our minds about what is criminal and what your responsibility is as a citizen. That's dangerous talk. I get that. I understand that. Mm-hmm. But what these people are talking about are abrogating our rights um, monkey show trials. Uh, you know, what do we, like, when do you do something? When, when, when is the river so high that you say something? When's it, when's it to your upper lip? Assassinations, drone strikes on civilian citizens, you know, U.S. citizens inside the domestic U.S. were not terrorists. We're not actual kinda terrorists, but people who voted differently. Like, you know, what is, what, what, I think everybody, and I always say this in my own life, like, what is the point that I'm going to, you know, commit to an action? Like how far does something have to go? Whether you're like smoking cigarettes or you're drinking or you're looking at your own freedoms, like, like when do you quit smoking? Is it two packs a day? Is it when you cough up blood? Is it when the doctor tells you you have cancer? And I think that's the same thing about America right now. Like when do you America, like how Mm -hmm. much shit do you need taken away before Mm -hmm. you America? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's really frustrating. I don't know. Like, it's sort of like if one person does something, then you'll just go to jail. Yeah. And sort of like there has to be that kind of across the board uprising kind of my, at the same time. My feeling is like an uprising or those kind of things. My feeling, though, is that law enforcement and what remains of the military mm-hmm. need to actually be the ones to do this. That would be the best. And, yeah. and the people immediately need to be with them. And it's not, we, I don't think we need to overthrow our elected officials. I am not advocating a civil war or anything like that. I'm thinking that what we need to do is we need to classify, we need, we need to determine if it actually, I think the, the most critical thing is, is actually this Arizona recount. And mm-hmm. we need to look at like, was this a fair election? If it was not a fair election, if it was stolen, then someone committed a crime. And that crime needs to be answered for. Yeah. And you're, you are not officially duly elected. You are not in power. You are not appointed to anything. If you did that by treachery and treason. Exactly. You didn't do that. So that gets kind of serious, but I don't know what to say. I mean, I, I guess, you know, the reason I'm having this podcast is to, I told you it was unfiltered and uncensored and raw and like, you know, we'll know if I if I land a um, a peg on someone's battleship when they take that down, or the FBI comes to get me. But mm-hmm. I'm not saying anything untrue. I'm not saying things that aren't happening, and and these things should plague and and concern everybody. And you should do your due diligence and your your research. And I think what they want, if you look at the sort of big tech censor, censorship that's going on, which like happened on Bongino yesterday when Trump just came on to talk. And, and big tech, you know, colluded harder than a RICO Act mm-hmm. violation. 
to shut him down. First off, YouTube bans him. Then Apple takes the thing down. Like, you want to say, like, you guys can make no argument that you're doing this independently. You are the de facto government right now. Mm -hmm. And that's not in the Constitution for you to be the government. That is actually something much more serious. Yeah. So, but what they'll say is you're the one committing the crime. You're the one talking about these treacherous, and it's like, no, I'm talking about you doing it. And mm -hmm. that's, that's the argument you always have to be afraid of. And, and I guess the last thing I would lead you with today, and I know this was a little more serious, tomorrow will just be a, a story drop and it'll be fun. We're thinking about on Saturday, possibly doing a, a, a behind the paywall show. Um, a lot of people liked uh, Bryce Michael Christopher. So maybe he'll do his own little show. We'll figure out something. It might be fun. Wasn't he going to maybe review, uh, can I say what he was going to review? What was he going to review? Chet's song. Oh, yeah. He, maybe he's going to review White, by, White Boy Summer by Chet, Chet, Chet Hanks, which is Tom Hanks' son, which is one of the most brilliant marketing moves you've ever had. And I pretty much now can't stop saying White Boy Summer all the time. Um, I really like it. It's my jam. But the last, the last thing I was going to leave you with is just like, um, keep talking, keep speaking among yourselves. Don't let them silence you. Don't shut them down. Don't opt out on your own freedoms in America. You can say anything you want and you can do anything you want. And the main thing is whenever the people in the establishment, which is really the left, accuse you or accuse people that you're following, I can almost guarantee you 99% of the time, that's what they're doing. What Joe Biden accused everybody of last night is what he's doing. Uh -huh. He's the racist. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's proven. And that, that's proven. That's established. So, hey, that's my two cents. If I was a little too serious, you know, weigh in and let me know and tell me to shut up and more Nicole and you know, what, what wine are you drinking? You're drinking some, some cheap wine this afternoon. I was just drinking the, the rest of the wine that they gave me last night when we had, we went and got a slice of pie. That's right. We went and got, we went and got pie and wine at the end of the they night. They gave me like night. a giant wine pour. So I took some of it to go because it was so much inside the rest of the day. Did you finish it? Good. Yeah, I was like, you know, I just split it up between last night and today. The pie like, wasn't oh, that good. We're no. on a we're on a quest right now for kind of like good pie, just a slice of pie. Who would have thought that's hard to find? Yeah, but suddenly we were kind of looking for it last night and looking it up and we're yeah. like, whoa, it's like hard to find that, which is weird. You it's can't kind of, find good pie. Yeah. Um, I'm working on Forgotten Ruin right now and Strange Company and the new stuff that's going to be behind the paywall. That's going to be for the subscribers. I really encourage everybody just, you know, give it a try for a month and see if it's everything that you like and want. It's going to be the Soda Pop Soldier novel. If you're a new Soda Pop, like if you haven't listened to Soda Pop Soldier, just maybe some of the people who've read it can weigh in in the comments. But it, it's probably one of my best liked novels. It's really fun. It's very much about a sort of dystopian video gaming future. Um, I wrote a novel after that, which is a second novel, which is called Control Alt Revolt. That got me in trouble and got me fired from HarperCollins. Maybe I'll post that story one time. I got 40,000 hits on that one time. And then I did the third sequel, which is uh, uh, called Pop, Court, Pop, Pop Cult Warlord. 
Um, so basically, if you wanted to jump into those, then you could subscribe and start picking up the new chapters that are going to be in there. Um, what, I'll, what I'll maybe try to do if you guys ask is I, I think what I'll do is I'll put all three of those in a box set and put them on sale and then you could pick them up and then I'll just keep stacking chapters and you can jump in whenever. Or you could jump in and subscribe, you know, now and, and get the, the Bryce Michael Christopher show or whatever cool things we're doing. We're just trying to make it fun. And I think behind the paywall, I can say even more crazy stuff because I have a little cabal of uh, nasty authors and leftists who follow me. And so part of the reason I left Facebook was to come over here. Now, I'm still on Facebook, but part of the reason I came over here is because it was just too cheap and easy for them to kind of like follow me and report me. And then once I go by behind the paywall, here's a big spoiler too. Most dopey leftists are actually cheap asses, so they won't pay the money. And then we can all, I, I can even hide their comments where they can't see your comments, which I'll do for the subscribers. So then you can just say all kinds of stuff. And, and that's, Hey, that's the state of the nation. That's what I do for you. Final closing thoughts, Nicole. Um, let's see. Well, okay, because I don't want to derail us, but I have one other quick article that goes along with I think the, people, the feds thing. Yeah, the feds. Um, just like a little tidbit, just another crazy element of what the feds are doing these days. Um, this is by Daniel Horowitz, who's a really legit... He's a great guy. Yeah, he's a legit yeah. journalist. Um he has an article to serve the cult of COVID fascism feds criminally charge chiropractor who marketed life-saving vitamin D and zinc, you know, those dangerous, um, <laughs> drugs, vitamin D and zinc that you got to work Well, on. when I got to the army and I was couch surfing, couch surfing <laughs> a lot, um, I used to go out with my bros, bros before hoes down in downtown Long Beach. And we would just get all hopped up oh, on man. vitamin C and Dink. Vitamin D. Dink. Did you get hopped up on dink? <laughs> D and zinc. We called it dink. That was because okay. we were all in code words. And then we would go on a thrill kill spree okay. and yeah. hookers and drugs. People just get crazy on Wasted this on this this vitamin C and zinc. Vitamin D. Vitamin D? D and zinc. Yeah, dink. That's what yeah. we called it. We called them dink balls. We'd do them. Exactly. We'd just go nuts. We'd go on shooting sprees. We were into white slavery criminally charging this chiropractor. I mean, he's dangerous. All that kind of stuff. <laughs> white slavery, we would abduct white girls and make slaves out of them. Really? While we were all hopped up on dink. Wow. That's yeah. bad. Yeah. No, it was good. It's good. Because <laughs> all those guys were leftist filmmakers. So it was good. You could, you could make, oh, white, okay. you could make white slave people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was fun. We'll have to talk about the VH1 Jeffrey Epstein video that we kind of saw tomorrow. Oh yeah. We'll talk about that next time. Yeah. Let's just go like really quickly. If you didn't know, and you can look it up, there's a there's a fun little guy named Luke Radikowski over on Twitter, and he is a real dragon slayer. Uh, his his verbiage is less Nesman esque for you uh, people who know WKRP, but he literally unearthed the VH1 uh, profile, you know, lifestyles of the rich and famous kind of show on Jeffrey Epstein, where VH1 just shills for this cat, and that's that's another thing. Like, how, let's just ask you, how did Jeffrey Epstein get a bunch of money. Mm -hmm. Why were, you know, all these political figures around him? Why has that whole thing descended into weirdness? Something is up. Something very strange is up. Something that could even be weirder than the Q shit. But the Q shit was there to make anybody who questioned anything seem crazy. Mm -hmm. Q is real and Q is not real. And that's what you need to know. But... There is something afoot. There is something wacky. So let's just keep talking and doing it. And uh, I would just say this to you. Have a great day. Keep the butter side up. And that's the podcast.